Welcome to What Are We Even Doing? I'm your host, Rochelle, and each week I talk to interesting people about what we're making, reading, watching, creating, and doing. This week I'm talking to my friend Cece Allman about sock knitting, modern cross-stitch, and crafting in the time of COVID-19. Enjoy! Hi, Cece. How are you doing today? Hi, Rochelle. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. So everything's weird now. <laughs> it is. It is very weird. Very weird. I'm used to being home. Um, you know, I've worked from home since 2014. And so that part isn't weird for me. And I, I don't drive, so I'm stuck at home like right. all the time anyway. But it is weird having Greg here. And it is weird not to be yeah. able to leave when I want to. I totally understand. Like, Dammy, my college-age daughter, is home and won't be going back to school till the end of September because they're doing all of the spring classes online. Oh. And my husband's working home from home today. And so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've worked from home for... I don't know how many years, probably as long as you, pretty close. Mm-hmm. And so I'm used to being home, but it, yeah, it's really weird to not be able to go out to my knitting group or my cross-stitch group or to go to the store, you know, mm-hmm. really just, you know, I mean, we can go grocery shopping. We're, we're shelter in place now. And I know you are too. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't, I don't want to get a library book. You know, I don't want to, we thought we might be able to go for a short road trip to, um, like a national park or something and they're they all closed and obviously that's a terrible idea so we're not going to do that but yeah yeah they're they're all closed here and it's like hard like we live in an apartment and so Mm. I can't even really get outside because I'm like oh I don't know if my neighbor's out as well so um yeah fun times what a you know I told my daughter yesterday I was like who would have thought at the beginning of 2020 that this is what we'd be doing right now nobody and I feel like everybody was like okay 2020 this is we're gonna get it together you know it's the year that we all get great things done and it just shut that right down I've been getting lots of crafting done and watching TV that's what I've been getting done yes Well, thank goodness, and I'm sure you have the same uh, experience as me. I have enough craft supplies that I could probably ride this out for about five years. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. I like, yeah, I probably have enough to last me at least five years, if not longer. But the nice thing is, like with knitting, you know, even if I did run out of yarn, I could just like frog the socks or whatever and re-knit it again. So <laughs> if worse comes to worse, I am prepared. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you got that for you going for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess with painting, like you could do the same. Like you could paint over yeah. a canvas and mm-hmm. paint it again. Yeah. Yeah, as long as I had paint. I just have uh he, I mean, stuff that I've accumulated over years and years that I've never, you know, I, I not to say that I don't have time, but I usually like prioritize other things, but um this is a good uh, opportunity to do stuff that I have been putting off. Like I have a lot of cross stitch and embroidery, embroidery supplies that I just don't ever pick it up. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like my stash, I guess, is pretty well curated just because of having like gone through everything before we moved to Scotland mm -hmm. and then going th through everything again before we moved back to the mm -hmm. U.S. from Scotland. So I don't have a lot of just like, like before we moved, yes, I just had a lot of like mm -hmm. random stuff. Like you would mm -hmm. be like, I'd be like, where did this come from? I don't remember getting this or whatever. So mm -hmm. That is nice, but it is also, it's like, oh, well, my stash isn't as big as it used to be because yeah. we've only been back for a couple of years, so. Yeah. We, um, I went through and uh, really called my stash, too, when we moved because we downsized quite a bit, as you know. Right. You went right. through the whole process with me. Uh, oh, yes. Had my oh, back yes. the whole time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I was just, I don't know that a lot of it was just garbage that I probably would never do anyway so I'm, right I'm, i think i'm pretty good i got a well-rounded uh craft supply out there so <laughs> good good we're we're prepared yeah. i mean i really it, i really kind of feel bad for people that don't have a hobby like that that is a craft because i'm like what are they doing i mean you can only sit in front of a tv staring yeah. at the tv for so long right you know i'm watching a lot of tv but yeah i'm crafting at the same time mm -hmm. yeah greg greg's hobby is hiking and which is great because getting out in nature is really good for you especially now but um, a lot of people are discovering hiking and a lot That's of the true. trails are crowded so he's not able to go yeah just wherever he wants because of social distancing right yeah I, I noticed in the news um i was looking, looking at the news earlier that they're closing a bunch of of uh places where you would be able to hike just because people aren't respecting the social distancing no. stuff mm -mm. Yeah, in San Diego, they've closed every park and trail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because people just don't use their head. And yeah, that's what's going to get us into trouble. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, and I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, it may not, you know, if you get sick, it may not be necessarily a super bad illness for you but who are you exposing mm -hmm. are you exposing some elderly person or someone like you and I with chronic health issues yeah. that it would be really bad if we got it yeah. um so you know think about the fact that it's not just you right yeah exactly well we're sitting here uh we're I can see you and you're knitting yes. while we're talking I am which I think is like magic I could never do anything that I do and carry on a conversation at the same time. <laughs> well, and I like, I was showing these socks to someone the other day. It was another knitter. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but I was saying that I had started knitting these when we went and saw the new Star Wars movie and I knit on them in the movie. And they were, she was like, why in the world would you knit while you're watching a movie? And I was like, well, I'm like, because I mean, I know everybody can't see this, but I'm on these little nine inch circular needles. So I'm just knitting round and round in circles other than for the toe and the heel. And so I'm like, why not? I mean, it keeps my hands busy. I really think it is a special skill. I, I just don't, uh, it, like I said, it seems like m uh, magic to me that, that knitters can just do that. Yeah, it, it's crazy, you know, and I not, I mean, I never knew anybody that knit until I learned. And so um, I'm just, I'm surprised at how much it is just like now it's an everyday part of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I, I can't even remember the last day that I didn't knit at least a stitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I know a few knitters 
Um, and I'm just totally, and I'm crocheters too. Well, they'll, they'll right, right. watch TV and do make something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when I'm beating, I'm literally, I could not take my eyes off of it to do it. Yeah. Well, now, well and I've noticed, you know, with, cause I've picked back up cross stitch after mm-hmm. many years away from it. And if it's a show that like, if I'm trying to cross stitch while I'm watching TV or a movie or whatever, it has to be a show where there's not a lot of visual cues to the storyline because you have to look down so much. So right, it's the right. same thing as with beating. You have to be able to look down. Whereas if I'm knitting just a sock, you know, it's, I'm knitting around and around the circles and I don't, you know, I'll glance at it every once in a while, but you know, I can usually tell, tell by feel oh, if there's okay. a problem. Ah, okay. Well, that's And then when that happens and you're in the movie theater, you just really hope that there's a bright spot on the screen so that you can like <laughs> hold it up and fix the mistake. And I have, I have fixed mistakes in the movie theater. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. so that's what I wanted to talk to you about is your um so uh, you've been a knitter as long as I've known you and I started designer yeah I started knitting in 2005 oh okay so 15 years when did you start actually designing patterns um 2012 oh okay that would be right because I started designing around the same time as we started the podcast and we'll celebrate okay. eight, year, eight years this year of our right. podcast. What was the first thing you designed? A pair of socks. Oh, cool. All right. Yep. And what, what goes into designing a pair of socks? Well, I didn't start out intending to design this pair of socks. <laughs> what happened was I was gifted a skein of yarn and it was this beautiful... Um, like pale blues and lavenders and pinks and it had a silver stellina in it and it reminded me of like a starry sky Mm -hmm. and I wanted to knit a pair of socks that had stars on it and I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and I could not find a pair of socks that was what I was envisioning so I was like okay well I'll just I'll just figure it out myself I knew how to knit socks Mm -hmm. I was like well I'll figure it out myself and so I figured it out myself how to, you know, get the design I wanted in. And we were podcasting by this time. And so I was showing them in the podcast as I was working on them. And people were like, oh, well, you share the pattern with us. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, sure. And it took off and it's my highest um, selling pattern. Oh, wow. Cool. Because it was, we, I, I named it uh, inspired by an episode of Doctor Who. So, oh, okay. you know, that got the, the, the fandom in there. So, oh, okay. um, but it's, it's, uh, it, it, I don't, if it's not, not my highest selling pattern ever, it's right up there in the top two or three. Awesome. So when you design it, do you design it like on the needles or do you have to write something out ahead of time or like do I, I usually have at least something written out. Mm -hmm. I've I've designed so many pairs of socks now that um, I use the same basic format for the, the sock. And so it's just putting the actual design element in on the the leg and the the Mm -hmm. top of the foot. Um, So I usually have, you know, have done some research, whether I'm using a stitch dictionary or I've played around with, with swatching some stuff or whatever, and I'll start knitting it. But a lot of times I'll rip it back out. And if it's not exactly what I was thinking or whatever, if it doesn't turn out looking exactly like I was envisioning or whatever, but, um, I don't like write out the entire pattern because 
I've done that before and then it didn't work like I thought. Uh And so that was like a whole way. So, (laughs) you know, I'll play with it on the needles, you know, but I usually have some kind of idea of what I'm going to do and then play with it and see if it works out how I think it should. Oh, nice. So you start with kind of an outline and then just go from there. Yeah, I get that because I mean, I'm the type of person that will go really headlong into doing stuff without planning it out too much. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And with beading, you can't rip it out. If you do something that doesn't work out, all you can do is cut your work up and salvage the bead. Right. Um, So I've kind of trained myself to actually do a little bit of prep work and sketch. Right. Right. I've been burned too many times. Yeah. 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 I can totally see that. Thankfully with the yarn, you know, I can rip it back out and, you know, just start over again. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can totally see that with beads not wanting, you know, with, since you can't do that. Yeah. And so you have a lot of patterns on Ravelry? Is that Ravelry. Really okay. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, my daughter, Dammy and I, we've also published three books, actual physical oh, books yeah. of patterns. Um, and you were asking how many, I think I have 62, somewhere in the low 60s uh, patterns oh, available um, that I've published. Um, and then of course the three physical books, and then we have 10 eBooks of oh, patterns. Wow. That's a lot of patterns. Is yeah. it mostly socks? I know you knit me a beautiful shawl for my birthday. Yeah, mostly socks. Um, probably, probably about eighty percent socks, and then I've done some shawls. I've done a cat, some cowls, um, some hats, fingerless mitts. I think that's probably everything, but primarily socks. Mm-hmm. I've never worn hand knit socks before. What's the difference? Do you think? What makes them better? They just feel so good. Oh yeah, they're just so so soft, and it's just the. I swore when I started knitting, I would never knit a pair of socks. I was like, no. I was like, I cannot understand why somebody would pay X number of dollars for a skein of yarn when I can go to a big box store and buy a bag of socks of of a number of pairs of socks, you know, for the same price as I would spend on them. And then we had a local yarn store and they were offering a class. I was like, fine, I'll take the class. Um, and so I took it and I fell in love and just, they, they last longer for oh, yeah. me than, than mm-hmm. a pair of store-bought socks. But just knowing that either my hands or someone else's hands has taken the time to, yeah. to knit hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stitches to put on my feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then for me too, you know, it's, it's knitting. It's not for, for me is not about like the finished product. It's yeah. about the process of knitting and um I mean I have a tattoo that says it doesn't matter what I'm knitting I'm knitting just to knit uh-huh. you know I love the finished socks I love the right. finished shawls the finished sweaters whatever but for me it's more about the process and just that uh-huh. that rhythm of knitting yeah oh nice okay how long does it take to knit a pair of socks if I'm focused and just do that I can whip out a pair of socks in probably four or five days, but that's me not doing anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're still eating and sleeping though, right? (laughs) Right. But uh, you know, not doing anything else. (laughs) 
Um, and of course, and that's like just a pair of plain vanilla socks, no patterning at all. If it's, you know, got some, if it's got cables or lace or whatever, that's going to take longer. Gotcha. How do you feel? So I make earrings sometimes and the first thing I know I have a lovely pair of them that I wear a lot. (laughs) They're fabulous. They're pink, just like they should be. Thanks. Uh, it's always a second earring. <laughs> How do you feel? Do sock knitters feel the same? There is a thing called second sock syndrome. <laughs> so for some knitters, they will knit a pair of socks. They'll they'll have a long enough knitting cable that they will knit a pair both socks at the same time. Oh, and just have two balls of yarn. Uh-huh. I know how to do that, and I and I have done it numerous times, but it drives me nuts because I always end up getting the yarn balls <laughs> tangled around each other. Um, so the key for me when I finish the first pair of sock, the first sock of the pair, is to immediately cast on the second sock. Oh, okay. and that gets me, oh. you know, moving. Gotcha. And I mean, like I I take a, I take a sock with me everywhere. I mean, I always have knitting <laughs> with me. Because, you know, you never know how long you're going to have to sit and wait for whatever. So I can, it's something easy enough that I can pull out of my bag, Uh knit a few rows while I'm waiting for whatever. And And obviously you're able to do it effortlessly while you do other things. (laughs) (laughs) It was not always that way. It is taken practice. (laughs) I did, uh, I kind of tricked myself by doing one earring of a pair and then doing another earring of a different pair and then doing then the next day doing the second one yeah yeah so I wasn't doing things the same right in a row I get bored right yeah I have to if I'm doing something if I'm doing a pair of socks that has some kind of design or whatever I have to make sure I take good notes because if I were to set it aside yeah and then try to come back to it I'm like oh wait what was I doing here? So <laughs> thankfully with, with plain vanilla, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so, and recently you have, I don't know, well, obviously you haven't switched cause you're knitting now, but you're, um, you went back to, like you said, you went back to doing cross stitch and that's what you've been sharing a lot on social media. How, how'd that happen? So I, I learned to cross stitch when I was young. My mom was a cross stitcher and up until 2015 when I learned to knit cross stitch was my craft oh and yeah um and then I mean I had just always wanted to learn to knit I don't know why like I said before I didn't know anybody that knit uh and once I learned to knit it just became like this passion and I stopped cross stitching other than I mean like over the years I had done a few like tiny you know maybe two by two inch or three Mm -hmm. by three inch just small things um but what brought me back to it actually was I was at a yarn show um, where, you know, vendors had their yarn and their project bags and their whatever, whatever, whatever. And I went to this one booth and it was a yarn store, but they also had cross stitch kits mm-hmm. and they had, a, they had a lot of cross stitch kits that were um, inappropriate things that, <laughs> that, that, you know, you have to be the right type of person to hang that on your wall, which yes. is fine. I'm, I'm not, you know, you do what you do you. But they had one that was this beautiful, uh, I'm looking at it up on the wall right now, um, this beautiful script 
cursive that said bollocks with like these floral <laughs> things underneath it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I must do that. <laughs> and um, I bought it and did it and was like, huh, I've really missed this. And so I started oh. cross stitching again. Um, I've been sharing more cross stitch on social media lately because I fell and I hurt um, my arm and I was mm -hmm. only able to knit just for very short periods mm -hmm. of time, but cross because it hurt, but mm -hmm. cross stitch didn't hurt when I did oh. it. I so I've been cross-stitching more because of that. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've got fibromyalgia. My mm -hmm. balance is not great always. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you fall and hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been fun to pick back up an old craft and realize, hey, I can do this just as well as I used to. Mm -hmm. But it's been really cool to see how the designs, the cross-stitched pattern designs have changed in the last yeah. 15 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I originally did it, it was very, um, you know, it was, well, you know, you think back to that time 15 years ago there's a there was a much different style I mean like clothing styles yeah. were different right. hairstyles were different so of course things have changed over the years and yeah. um there's just a lot of really cool things that people are doing now that I'm just like I must do that do it all I must have all the things <laughs> <laughs> it's been really cool right now that um in the midst of this virus stuff that we're dealing with um there's been over a hundred cross-stitch designers who have taken up this hashtag of hashtag be well and stitch and they are publishing a free cross-stitch design and just oh. giving it away on social media and I have just like some of these designs I'm just like that must have taken them hours and hours and mm -hmm. hours and hours to design it they're giving it away for free um so that's been really cool you know to as a way just to kind of support the community that mm -hmm. all these designers have been putting out these free patterns yeah i've noticed that a lot of artists in a lot of different mediums are doing things like that and it makes me really proud to be an artist yes um, yes that the uh support that they're giving to their community is amazing Yes. And also, and I'm sure you've seen this too, um, a lot of the sewists who have been making masks for yes. first responders and people in, in medical. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's it's nuts how many people have taken that upon themselves. Yes, it's amazing. For. It's amazing. Um, I know, having worked in a hospital before, I know, mm -hmm. um, I know just how grateful that the staff is for that stuff because, yeah. you know, they... They are essential personnel. They can't, yeah. they can't stay at home and no. watch TV and craft like I can. So no, no. they're putting themselves on the line every day for they us. Definitely. It's amazing that so many people have, you know, decided to do their part to help out. Yes. So many artists. 100%. It's amazing. Yeah. I um, cross-stitched. This was back in the 90s. Um, okay. When my kids were little, I made some uh, Christmas ornaments and stuff. So there was like kind of like a, it it almost like comes in little booms. Like I remember back then there was like a tiny little boom. And then there was another, do you remember subversive stitch? It was it subversive stitch or subversive cross stitch. So that yes. was like another little boom, like probably about 15 years ago. And now yeah. it's back. It again. is. Very much so. 
Very much so. Um, there's been some really interesting patterns come out. It's been really interesting to see some designers even designing political stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether in support of a specific can- candidate or uh, against a certain candidate mm-hmm. or uh, support of a certain party or against a certain party or different mm-hmm. issues or whatever. So that's been really interesting to see that because, you know, back when I was, you know, <laughs> cross-stitching that I had no at all. I, I mean, I just had no idea about no. any of that before. Um, <laughs> even the little bits that came out, you know, I was stitching stuff for my daughter and making a wedding sampler for mm-hmm. us and, you know, things like that. It was, so it's been, it's really interesting to see the the big swing that it's taken. Yeah. Artists are, are a little more political nowadays. They are. Yeah. And even if you're not political, a lot of the patterns are not your grandma's cross stitch for sure. No. No, definitely not. <laughs> says me who has a you know who has the thing that says bollocks on my wall. I was gonna say that's a little tame. I've seen some stuff that's a little spicier than that even. <laughs> well, yeah. I knew I could get away with that one. I knew how just how far I could push it. Um that was probably as far as I could push it. <laughs> so are you planning to design any cross stitch patterns or I've I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Um I don't know. I have a couple of ideas in my head. Um, it's it, It'll be interesting to see how different it is than designing for knitting. You know, I don't know. I mean, it would be really interesting to me if I could find someone who has designed for both knitting and cross-stitch and just kind of pick their brain mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I, I'm a self-taught knitting designer and, I mean, I didn't have any you know, I didn't take a class to learn how to design. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I probably could pick it up fairly easily to design for cross stitch, but, um, I don't know that can, that kind of scares me a little bit just because <laughs> I've never done it before. before. <laughs> so, but I mean, like this morning that I've got a, I finished a cross stitch piece last night and I had bought a pattern before the pandemic, um, came up and I was looking at it last night because I wanted to start it today. And I was like, you know, I really don't like how they did the border on this. I would, I think I would like it to do this instead. So I spent some time this morning and kind of graphed out a different border and I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. So maybe that's dipping my toe yeah. in and right there, you know, graphing a different border to see yeah. how it goes. That's <laughs> on the door on that one, I think. Yep. Yeah. I'm curious <laughs> to see how that does pan out for you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, the pattern is so cute. It's a sheep pulling a bag of coffee beans. So the sheep oh. is delivering the coffee beans, oh. which is two of my things, you yes. know, the sheep with the knitting, with the with the yarn and coffee, you know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that. two, yeah, two of our, I mean, you know this, but uh, yes. two of our physical books are all patterns inspired, knitting patterns inspired by coffee. So <laughs> it, it was meant to be. <laughs> I so. Yeah, I, I saw that head. pattern. At, oh my gosh. I saw that pattern at the shop, the CrossFit shop I was at. And I was like, oh my gosh. And my friends that were with me were like, what? CC? I was like, I must have this. <laughs> <laughs> this is made for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the cross-stitch community, they have like a different name for their YouTube floss tube. Yes. <laughs> they call it floss tube. Um which is fun, which is fun. I yeah. had no clue that there were those out there. Um 
until a friend who's also a knitter and cross stitcher mm-hmm. and, and does a podcast talked about floss tubers on her podcast. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I should have known it was a thing. Yeah. Knitters do podcasts. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. So um, yeah, they call it floss tube. So I haven't watched it, but, um, but you have mentioned it a few times, but so knitting your, you're holding it. It's, you can see it easily. How do they show their work when they're, are they actually stitching? on video so there is a thing called about it so there's two different things so there's floss tube where it's they're chatting about it and they can show it on the screen they're not stitching but then there's also this thing that them do called stitch with me and they will like uh, angle a camera to where you can watch them stitching it and then we'll have a secondary camera where they do like a picture in picture where you can see their face okay okay so i've i've done a couple of those it's it's really i mean as when i cross stitch i tend to hold stuff up closer to my face as Mm -hmm. i'm stitching and with the camera set up it had to be like down and i was like this is really weird to try to to stitch with it (laughs) this far away Mm -hmm. um but i know not everybody stitches the same way i do some people use you know stands with frames and whatever so um but yeah so there's there on the floss tubes they don't tend to be stitching they just show and talk about Mm -hmm. what they're working on oh okay that makes more sense because i'm like wow when i've i've thought about um doing like videos of beading but i have to hold it so close to my face that i'm like where's the camera gonna go i mean i strap it to my forehead or something i don't know yeah, you need one of those like GoPro things or whatever they're called, you know, like when people are out like mountain biking or whatever, you know, you could just be down, you could just be working on it. <laughs> Is it a there you go. It's a new thing for you, Rochelle. You can do it. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I'd have to just do it through my, I have a, like a work light magnifier thing. So I might be able to rig that up so that I can. Don't have to hold it quite the yeah. back of my face. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that would be cool though. Yeah. I can see that especially like if you're doing some kind of like tutorial or something or somebody's like teaching a class mm-hmm. on beading, that could be really cool to do it that way where you're getting like the mm-hmm. the eye you know, the direct eye view of, right. of what they're working on. Yeah. I'll just have to keep working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <figure> it yeah. <laughs> do you crochet as well? No, I do not crochet. Oh no. Oh, why not? Just out of curiosity, I can't. My, my brain can't understand. It. Like I can, keep, I can use a crochet hook to, you know, do a provisional cast on for knitting, or to like, you know, I've done like some blanket squares where I like I seam them together with crochet. But my issue with crochet is I can't see. Like my brain doesn't get where the hook is supposed to go, what hole it's supposed to go in. That's Whereas with knitting, the stitch is right on the needle. I know oh. what's, where I'm going. My brain just, I tried. I tried to learn to crochet. I got, was like, oh, one year I was like, this is going to be my year. I'm going to learn to crochet. My brain just can't get it. That makes me feel so much better because I can like single crochet. Like I could do a chain and, you know, maybe do like a tiny swatch single. But yeah. once you get into like the double, yeah, I don't, I'm not confident where I'm supposed to stick the needle neck. Right. That makes me feel so good because you're obviously a very proficient knitter. And if it doesn't make sense to you, then I feel good that it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. I wonder if I could knit. I've never even tried. You should try because, yeah, your stitches are right there on the needle. Hmm. I might have to, I might have to take that up. Yeah, totally. You should do it. <laughs> I, I'm a proponent. You should do it, Rochelle. <laughs> Come on, Rochelle. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I might try it. I do have Good. some knitting needles that 
belonged to my grandmother. I never remember her knitting, but when she passed away, somehow there were knitting needles in her closet. So, oh, that's cool. But yeah, yeah, to to do that, like I said, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't know anybody that knit when I mm-hmm. learned. I mean, not to say that my family wasn't crafty you know my grand mm-hmm. one of my grandmothers was a painter and a quilter my great-grandmother did the um uh, the plastic canvas where you like sewed oh, mm-hmm. with yarn on the plastic mm-hmm. canvas my mom was a cross-stitcher or I mean if she didn't cross-stitch anymore but she's the one that taught me how to cross-stitch so I mean like my family was crafty but mm-hmm. you know just not knitting mm-hmm. and what made you decide to pick up knitting I, I had just always wanted to learn. I don't know why. I just, and so I bought a kid at a big box store oh, and okay. learned from a book. I oh, mean, before, did. yeah, I mean, it was before even like YouTube tutorials mm-hmm. or anything was a thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I learned from a kid and, and just did really basic stuff for the first several years. You know, I would do baby blankets or Afghans mm-hmm. or baby hats or whatever like that. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you get your yarn? So I we do have a few local yarn shops up here where I live. Um, I live uh, across the water from Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a few cross, uh, knitting shops up here that have yarn. Um, but I also buy from indie dyers online mm-hmm. or go to yarn shows. Um, we were supposed to have a big uh, yarn show up here. I think it was last weekend, and of course oh, it got canceled. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I have dyers that I, that I tend towards, you know, now if I'm knitting, you know, if I'm knitting a baby gift, you know, baby hat or whatever, I'll tend to go to, you know, one of the kind of the bigger craft stores and mm-hmm. get something. Cause I want something that's easily washable, especially okay. if the recipient is not a crafty person and doesn't want a whole lot of instructions about you need to take care of this garment this way, you know, <laughs> um, you know, and of course with babies too, you know, they, their stuff has to get washed quite often. So yeah. you want something that's easily washable, but um, mm-hmm. I tend towards the indie dyers and, and their stuff. So, so what uh, type of yarn is it? Is it, is it wool or is it, is it um, like a variety of different? Fibers? Yeah, a variety like for example let's see i'm looking for the tag of what i'm knitting with right now uh this is a 75 percent um wool it's a bfl which is blue face luster which is a type of sheep 25 percent nylon um that i'm knitting with right now i tend to knit mostly with wool and wool nylon blends um but there's other stuff out there there's alpaca there's silk there's cottons there's um bamboo i mean there's there's a wide variety of stuff out there um so um i just i tend to knit i mean most of what i knit is socks and so i tend to Mm -hmm. go more towards a wool nylon blend but i've knit with alpaca i've knit with um with silk and um blends of stuff i I don't Mm -hmm. think i've done any like 100 silk or anything but um Mm -hmm. You can do some really cool things, uh, especially like if you're doing a shawl or something, a yarn with a silk in it makes for a beautiful drape of the fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, there's there's lots of different things. Do most yarns come with a tag that tells you what kind of sheep it's from? No, um, but I bought this yarn while we were still in Scotland and oh. BFL is a big um, oh. sheep breed over there. Okay, okay. I was like, wow, that's super interesting to like actually know what type of sheep. But is there certain sheep that are bred to 
for yarn or I don't know there, anything about it. There are certain sheep breeds that are better. I mean, it depends on what you're knitting. I mean, okay. right, right. there would be, because different different sheep breeds, the wool is going to have different qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on what you're knitting, you might want X sheep versus mm-hmm. another sheep. But, you know, I went to a yarn show not too long ago and they actually had like this really cool display where they had probably three or four dozen different breeds of sheep and they had like mm-hmm. a sample of the wool and like a sample of yarn made from that wool mm-hmm. and a swatch knit up so that you could like actually feel oh. these different um the different breeds of sheep and like oh, what it was like cool. oh. yeah it was really cool oh neat that would be really cool to know where your yarn came from like right typically what yeah yeah, it is. It's it's really cool, you know. And some some companies do. Some dyers know where they're where mm-hmm. it's from. Um, but um, yeah, it's it. I like the, how the BFL yarn knits up, and so mm-hmm. it's one that you know, if I can find it, I I like to knit with it. So, so you and your daughter Dami yes. have a podcast. Yes, we started when she was twelve, oh and gosh. she's. She will be 21 this year. Oh my goodness. So um, she turned 13 like a few, uh, just a couple months after we started recording. Um, It's called, well, now it is called Geeky Girls Knit and Cross Stitch because we have, (laughs) instead of doing a separate floss tube, we Mm -hmm. have just folded in the cross stuff into the podcast. Uh, It was originally Geeky Girls Knit and... um, we let's see we will be recording episode number 389 tomorrow so it's a weekly podcast you know there have been a handful of weeks here or there that we have not Mm -hmm. been able to record but um yeah we'll hit 400 this year and our eighth podiversary of recording that's amazing yeah so was uh did you get Dammy into knitting back when she was a little, little tiny 12 yes. year old? Uh, well, I actually taught her when she was eight. Oh, goodness. Um, and she didn't do much with it. I mean, like she would, she did some bookmarks or just mm-hmm. little things. Um, but when I started going to a local yarn shop and they would have classes or they would mm-hmm. have knitting groups or whatever, she mm-hmm. kind of became interested in it again. And she's knit some beautiful things. She's designed some beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And so. What is Dammy knit? Does she is she a sock knitter too, or she she knits a lot of socks, yeah, but she knits sweaters and oh fingerless mitts and such. Um, I've taught her how to cross stitch though, and she's become obsessed. Oh, really? <laughs> so oh, you got her into that too. <laughs> she's really into the cross stitch. Right? She doesn't have as much time right now, you know, oh, to craft yeah. now that she's in college and such. Mm-hmm. And so, um. I carry the weight of the of the the knitting and cross stitch, but she does show what she's working on, and she's cross stitching a gift for a friend right now. And oh so, um, but yeah, we've it's it's been it's been really interesting to to do the podcast for this many years and have like watched her grow up on the mm-hmm. screen. Oh, but but it's it was been so cool, especially like when we were living in Scotland and like we filmed episodes of the of the podcast in a castle and, you know, in these beautiful gardens in the city of Edinburgh and just like in, I mean, we, we filmed in a lot of really, really cool places. And so that's really cool to be able to look back at that too. And Mm -hmm. kind of have that, that memory of, uh, you know, having filmed the podcast in a castle. (laughs) 
Oh, that's cool. Well, just even recording something on a weekly basis as your daughter grows up is super awesome. Yeah, you know, and we kind of um, spun it into or made it kind of fit into school as well because I homeschooled her. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to, you know, well, the knitting is is you know, art and like the video editing is technology Uh and, you know, filming is, you know, filmmaking. And, you know, so it was really cool (laughs) to be able to, you know, have her learn some things that she might not have learned uh, without us doing the podcast. Yeah. And what do you do on the podcast? Like describe an episode. So um, we have segments to our, some people don't, some are just real, a real free flowing conversation and Mm -hmm. they just kind of whatever, but we have actual segments. So we have, we talk about what we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, We talk about what we finished. I'm trying to run down the segments in my head. Um, (laughs) We have the, we have a, we have a separate floss tube section because some people who watch the podcast really only want to see the cross stitch content. So we make sure now and like timestamp when the floss oh. tube segment starts. Um, we have a segment that we call yummies where we talk about things we like, things we love, things we just really want to talk about. So it might be something that we got in the mail that week. It might be some cool YouTube video, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be, you know, all kinds of things. We do a um, daily photo challenge um, called GGK Crafty Pad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we um, publish a prompts list every month. And so in the podcast, we pick like our five favorite photos from the, the week and we highlight them on there. We talk about what events we have upcoming. We talk about what we're reading, watching and listening to. Um, we do quarterly um, alongs, whether where we're kind of free flowing with it. So it's for knitting, crochet, weaving, spinning, stitching, uh, sewing, but any project that you start and finish during that three month season, Mm -hmm. uh, you can enter it. And then we do prizes uh, for that at the end of the three months. We have a segment that we call ask the geeky girls where people can submit questions to us and we answer their questions. Um, There's not been a single question that has been asked that we haven't been willing to answer. And so we've had, we've had some really interesting (laughs) questions over the years. Sometimes we do reviews of stuff. Um, like we had, there's a, a magazine that we get quarterly from the UK that we just really love. And so we'll do reviews of that. Sometimes we have businesses or indie dyers or pattern designers like send us stuff that we'll review. And then sometimes we'll do giveaways of it. And then of course, after the credits, we always have to do some funny video of the cat. So oh. <laughs> um, they get their, they get their weekly dose of pink pearl at the end of the episode. Oh. Um <laughs> So, <laughs> so that's, I mean, and they tend to run, our episodes tend to run around an hour, just depending, you know, if it's mm-hmm. been a, a really busy week and there's been a lot of stuff that we've yeah. accomplished and done and that we want to share, it might be a little bit longer, but we try to keep them at right around an hour. Yeah. Oh, nice. That sounds like a wonderful uh, thing to listen to or watch. Yes, watch. Yeah, um, we're both on YouTube as well as on iTunes. You can download us through your podcast apps. So, so. Uh, Dammy went to college yes. uh, this past year. So how did you work out um, filming that? Okay, so for the so this is her second year of college. The first year we actually recorded like you and I are doing right now mm-hmm. on Zoom, and oh. we did it this way, and then I edited it all. Um, she goes to college only an hour ferry ride away from us, mm-hmm. and so uh, this school year I've been going across, uh, taking the ferry across one day a week and recording with her. Um, we use the um, 
TV media room in her dorm and record. Um, now that she's back home, this is kind of one of the benefits. I don't have to go across the water once a week. <laughs> she's home. And so we can record right here on our couch. And so that's, that's nice. But um, yeah, we've made it work. Um, it was, I didn't really enjoy doing the video conferencing style that we did. Um, just yeah. because it's, I don't know, it's, it's harder when you're not in the same room together, yeah, yeah. especially if you're doing a video podcast audio can go a little easier but um but but yeah so we just decided you know I was able to go across Mm -hmm. and so I took the ferry across and it was also the added benefit that I got to see her once a week so oh that's nice but I'm glad to have her home now yeah (laughs) too bad the circumstances aren't better but yeah I know I know I know I I wish she could be at school because you know lots of things got canceled she had the lead in the next uh, uh play that they were doing at the university and the show got canceled um so um yeah i i would experience of being at school yeah definitely definitely you know we talked about it you know because they are leaving the dorms open Mm -hmm. for the spring quarter but all classes are going to be online and it finally came down to you know we only live an hour away from the school. If she needs to really go use the library or something, mm-hmm. it's not that hard for her to get there. Right. So uh, it saved her money to live out. Yeah. So that's what we decided to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. My uh, niece is also, she's at SDSU, but um, obviously she just commutes from home there. But Right. Um, yeah, the whole, and she's a theater, uh, musical theater major. Too. so right. it's like most of the classes are fine to do online but some of them like you can't really do a dance class <laughs> well but you know it's really interesting I have a friend who is she's a cross stitcher and um she also has a floss tube and we were we did a virtual stitching night uh a couple of nights ago oh. and her daughters are high school well I think she's got a college age too but one of her daughters is at least is high school age and is a is big into dance and everything mm-hmm. and they were teaching the classes over zoom and so the kids oh, really? were doing their dance classes at home on zoom with the rest of their oh, class wow. oh that's pretty cool and I was like I would not have even thought of that I mean <laughs> like you know a traditional class yeah but I would not have even thought of a dance class mm-hmm. to do it that yeah. way yeah well that's good that they worked it out yeah <laughs> technology double-edged sword <laughs> yep. There's a lot of yep. good then. Yeah, definitely. And it's it we're lucky to have it especially with all this going on because I mean it would be nuts to not be able to you can't leave your house and have no contact with the outside world. We just zoomed um cuz my brother lives in Los Angeles and he just had a baby um last year. His wife did, he didn't. Right. Um <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> They had a baby. Right. So not being able to see the baby, you know, they can't travel down here because he's got really bad asthma and right. Um, you know, my mom is in her seventies, so it's just we want to keep our social distance, but right. still be able to hang out as a family. Right, right. Well, you know, and like I said, um my local I go to a local cross stitch group on Monday nights and I go to a local knitting group on Wednesday mm-hmm. nights and we started doing them via Zoom because we were mm-hmm. like we can't I mean we we need we all need that we need yes. community we need to be able to communicate yeah. with each other and Absolutely. you know 
texting or email is great, but that can only go so far. Being able to see somebody's face and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're, you know, inside the computer. Right. Is, is, you know, because, you know, especially for people with, you know, mental health issues, Mm -hmm. you know, with depression or anxiety, being cooped up like we all are right now can, can be really detrimental, you know? And so having us having this ability to, you know, whether you're FaceTiming with your family or you're, you know, doing a Zoom with your local crafting group, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's, I think it's saving a bunch of us. Oh, um, I agree. I think things would be a, a lot more difficult for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, right now, with all this going on, if we didn't have the ability to do this. Yeah. My friend Jenny's an art teacher, and she's much more of an extrovert than I am, and used to doing lots of stuff. I mean, she's teaching art to kids like every day. So this is right. driving her nuts. So she's yeah. been doing some Facebook lives where she's teaching drawing simple drawing and then she and I had a little art date the other day where we were just facetiming each other and both working on projects and just chit-chatting That's awesome you know yeah you just got to do it otherwise you're just gonna That's lose awesome. your mind right well you know it's been really interesting to see um see people teaching you know art classes or yoga mm-hmm. classes or yeah. using you know Facebook lives or Instagram IGTV things or mm-hmm. or whatever or you know, or YouTube live things or whatever. It's been really interesting to see people, you know, willing to spend a few minutes of their time to offer, you know, their knowledge to other people. Mm -hmm. And that's been, that's been really, really cool. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing uh, to see what people will do for their community. It's great. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. Definitely. It makes you uh, be able to keep your faith in humanity when you see stuff like that. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, like I was, I was on Facebook this morning and scrolling and um, I read something and I called for Dammy to come in. I was like, come in and read this. And it was a conversation that LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow had posted. He had been looking for, he was wanting to do something, you know, do a Facebook lives or whatever, reading books to kids, but he needed something that was in the public domain and he looked and looked and looked and he could not find stuff that would work. And Neil Gaiman posted and said, I am willing for you to read any of my stuff. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's like, okay, people are, are, you know, of course those are two very big names or what and whatever, but just seeing that, that people are willing for their stuff to be shared. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. I love it. I know it it, it is. I can't imagine something like this having happened like 10 years ago when oh, we didn't have as much technology as we do no. now I mean but like but then you think back and you know you know you're like oh well 100 years ago things like this were going on and they figured out a way to make it work so I mean we would have figured out a way to make it work but um but I'm really grateful for the technology yes. to be able to to stay in contact with people that I really want to be yeah. around and not just be secluded and you know yeah. just me and my husband and my daughter right as much as I love them oh yes 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 <laughs> oh and my cat and the cat of course you know yeah so you- we've known each other for I don't even know. It's been a while. Gosh, probably five or six years at least. Yeah, I was going to guess 2014. Probably that sounds late 2014. That's, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, 
So, but you and I met because of our mutual friend, Tara mm-hmm. Swiger, yeah. who does a creative business community called the Starship. And yeah. we were both in it Yeah, and she was offering for accountability partners mm-hmm. and you and I got matched up to be accountability partners, yeah. even though we do very different businesses mm-hmm. and we've, you and I have emailed each other at least a couple times a week oh, ever yeah. since. Oh, at least a couple. I mean, there's sometimes when it, and you're better at it than me that's i'm gonna say that you're much better at it than me i will do you know my like, secret trick do you don't want to know my secret trick yes, i do because i i use gmail for my email and i have it like they do that snooze thing now so i snooze it to re, to make the email come back into my inbox oh. because i am like anal about wanting to empty out my inbox every day oh. i i live for inbox zero even if it means that i'm snoozing something to deal with it later but it comes back into my inbox and I'm like, of course I must email Rochelle. <laughs> there, you have the, the cat's oh. out of the bag. You know my hey, secret now. That's fine. Whatever. You got to do what you got to do. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. So we emailed each other just about every weekday for the the first several years. Right. It was every, every day. And it's kind yeah. of. We, but now it's more of a weekly thing, but that's still, yeah. Good. Yeah, it is once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, we try, we try to reach out, but just to kind of be like, Hey, what are you working on? Mm-hmm. How can I encourage you? Yeah. Sometimes it devolves into, Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> uh, this is what's going on in my real life outside of business, yes. <laughs> but that's life. And it, it, it impacts our business. I mean, it, oh, it impacts yeah. both of our businesses oh, yeah. to be able to, you know, so just having having that, um, yeah, has been has been amazing. You know, and who would have thought, yeah, this many years later great. that we that we'd still be doing it. I mean, I Tara did a good job. We owe Tara oh, a lot did. for matching us up. <laughs> yeah, because we had never even. I mean, obviously, we knew each other from the Starship, but we hadn't really right. talked or you know. no, no, yeah. So it was a not at all. Yeah. And well, and it was really rough times. <laughs> yeah, you too. I mean, my gosh, us moving, I mean, moving from across the world back mm-hmm. to the U.S. I mean, just the support through that. But it, it was really interesting because at first I was like, I'm not sure how it's going to go with us. Our business being so different, even mm-hmm. though we were both creative business women. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but it's been, it's been amazing because like sometimes you'll have something in your business that you've done or tried that you've been able to to tell me about that I would not have even thought of mm-hmm. and that has benefited. And I think probably the same oh, going yeah. back the other way. Oh, definitely. Um, because like I said, you know, even though we both have creative businesses, there's different, there's obviously differences. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And just having someone, even if you're not giving advice, just to give support is right. Yeah. So, just, you know. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful, and I'm I'm not sure that Tara expected when she matched us up. You know how many five six years ago that yeah. we would still be going strong, but we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. I think she she posted something not too long ago on Facebook, and I mentioned that we were still emailing each other, and she was just like, "Wow, that is amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, it's all thanks to you." Yep, it is. She's yeah. she's an amazing woman, an amazing really teacher. Is. Oh she God. came out here to visit me in Seattle uh, a year or so ago. Did oh, you, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. It was really cool to for, to finally be able to meet her in person since I only knew her virtually through the yeah. through the interwebs. She's a real sweetheart. Um, I got to meet her. Yes. I think it was 
TNN was in San Diego. Oh yeah, the uh, TNN. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we was a uh, there was a little. Well, I actually met her at Creative Live. <laughs> that's oh, that's right. Place. Yes, I was in. That's a... right. Live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I found out about her from another knitting designer mm-hmm. uh, who was in the UK, and that's how I found out about her, and yeah. um, and so. Yeah, yeah. It, her, her, my business would not be where it is today. Oh, I think her. a lot of people could say that because she is really she knows what she's talking about, and she's so supportive. And yes, no pressure to do anything that doesn't feel right to you. Exactly. That's the one thing that I really love about her style. It's like this could work for you, but if it doesn't, that's fine too. Definitely. Um, I've learned a lot and I've recommended her to a lot of creative business owners um, over the years um, yeah. just because I think her approach is so different than than a lot of, um, you know, business strategists, marketing teachers or whatever, however you want to do it. I think a big part of the reason she's able to do it the way she does is because she had a creative business to yes. start with. Mm-hmm. She didn't just start this as a, okay, I want to work with creative business owners and help them with their businesses. She had a creative business to start with and right. she learned what worked. Absolutely. And was able to then do it this way. So yeah. she's yeah. amazing. Love her. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to What Are We Even Doing? Sorry for the abrupt ending. We had some technical difficulties. Thanks to my guest, Cece Allman. Check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, goodbye.